0: Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we wanna hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you wanna give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. But this is the last part of this series. And y'all, I'm telling you, I preached about this guy before. I'll show you who this guy is. How's that? I've preached about Joseph before. I actually did a sermon series a couple years ago on Joseph, but I've never really looked at Joseph like, like God showed me this week. The story didn't change. It's still the same from Genesis 37 till Genesis 50 in the Bible. So I didn't come up with a new story about Joseph, but God showed me some things. And so I'm going to summarize some things. I'm going to read scripture and then fill in the blanks of what I'm not going to read because it would take us a while to read 13 chapters. Are y'all good with me not reading 13 chapters? Some of y'all are lying that didn't say yes. But the reality of our lives is where Joseph found himself And it's this, when God shows up in your life and gives you something, if you feel like God is moving in your life, then what are you to do with it? What does it look like? And where are we going to go? Because the goal of today's message isn't that you'll walk away feeling good. And some of you are going to be afraid of the title of this message because you're going to think he's lost his mind. And some of y'all are very used to this stuff. And so you're going to be cool with it. But the one thing that I can tell you about Joseph after really diving in some more and studying is that this was a man who found favor. This was a man who found favor and so the goal of today's message is that we can find favor. We can find favor together. I want you to tap your neighbor now. You don't have to get up and move, but I want you to get up or stay seated. I want you to tap your neighbor and say, "We're going to find favor." Come on, tell somebody, "We're going to find favor today." We're going to find favor. We're going to find favor. What in the world does that mean? Because here's the tension. Y'all listen to me. Here's the tension is that when you hear this, you think, oh, Lord, it's feel good now. No, Joseph didn't feel good a lot of times. We're about to look at it. But he was a man that walked in the favor of God. So let me just tell you what favor means, and then we're going to jump right in. Favor is not favorite. Are y'all okay so far? So if I'm walking in God's favor, that doesn't mean that I'm God's favorite. The Bible says, not me, that God is no respecter of person. And so he doesn't look down and go, I like you and I don't like you. Favor. He doesn't have a favor wand where he goes, rrr, rrr, zoom. I see Robbie back there, favor. That's not how it works. That, that God does not look at us and look and go, Nah, I like you and don't like you. And I believe that's the tension that a bunch of us feel is if someone says, I'm going to find favor, they think that I'm going to find God's favorite. I'm going to find favoritism. It, it's never for me that favor comes. It's for him. And so this is what the word favor means. In the, I, I, I taught y'all a few weeks back and some of y'all already knew it, that the Greek word for grace is charis. It's spelled like charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. Well, Well, the word for favor is very similar. It comes from that root. And it's actually where we get the word charity. And this is all that it means. In the Hebrew and in the Greek, God extending himself to man. So I can tell you that favor, God extending himself to man for his purpose, looks like Jesus. Because when I was hopeless and lost, God extended himself to me. I had no possibility for salvation until God extended himself to me. Guess what? The day I got saved, I found favor. And I began to walk in favor when I walked with Jesus. Not when I started doing the right things, but when I walked with Jesus. I did the right things because I found Jesus. So I found favor. Some people in here have never found that side of favor. But then this is the ticket. We compartmentalize favor into good. In our minds, what we think is good, don't miss this, it is for your good, but it's not always for your fun. And when we think favor equals fun, that's where we find ourselves in a lot of problems. And I'm telling you, I can show you, and I'm about to, how Joseph walked in favor, and it had these huge implications of what God was going to do. But it was not fun a lot of the time. So, so, so. As we jump in, Genesis 37, as we jump in in just a second, I want y'all to catch this. Whenever we walk away or we turn from God or we can't dance and sing praise because what we thought was going to happen didn't happen or our lives began to be shaped in a different way than we hoped would happen, we walk out of what we should be living in and that's God's favor. And anytime I walk out of God's favor, what I hope to accomplish is his favor And I will will look to all kinds of things to try to receive it. And that's why so many people walk away from his gospel. That's why so many people walk away from the truth. is because we think we can manipulate our way to favor. And I'm telling you, there's only one way. That my life is a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. It's my spiritual act of worship is what Romans 12 says. So I want us to look, and like I said, I'm going to summarize but I really think y'all will get a lot out of this if y'all will lean in with me. Genesis 37, starting in verse 3, he says, Now Jacob, or Israel is what Jesus or the Lord changed his name to, loved Joseph more than any other. Now that was favor, but it wasn't the same favor we're talking about. Jacob had 12 sons. This are 12 tribes of Israel. I, I, could, I could talk to you for a long time about this, how cool it is. He, had, he, had, he loved his wife, but he got tricked to having the first wife, Leah, That's not my life, so don't look at me weird and don't think I see some of y'all judging. So eventually he got his Rachel, and Rachel's firstborn was Joseph. That's why he was the favorite. And it says he loved him more than any other because he was the son of his old age, and and he made him a robe of many colors. And if, if you've ever been in church before, you've seen a coat of many colors. I started to wear a coat of many colors, but I sweat a lot. And coats don't work well for me even in the wintertime when I'm preaching. So I did not want to show y'all all the sweat. If y'all are okay, keep say amen. So it says, but Joe, when his brothers saw that he was the favorite and that Jacob loved him more than the other brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now, in the story, what happens is... Joseph's walking around. Now, I'm not sure Joseph was an innocent bystander in all of this because he probably walked around. If you had the coat of Many Colors, you probably thought you were that dude. And so you puffed your chest up a little bit and you told your brothers what was what. And they were older than you. And how many of y'all know that when, when younger people start telling you what to do, it's not always fun? Yeah. Don't stay quiet. And then he has this dream. And, and he dreams that, that the stalks are bowing down to him and all this stuff. And, and, and I need y'all to catch this because I, I got to move on. But I need y'all to catch this. When God puts something in your heart that you know is a calling, you can't really identify all of it, but you know there's something to it, and you start telling people, and they're not ready for it, they're not going to like you. I could talk a whole message right now on just that. That people will walk away from you that you thought would be there the entire time that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And you know that you've been faithful, but they don't get your faithfulness because it's not their dream, it's yours. It's what God put in you. And you can't get frustrated with them or you'll walk out of favor because of what they said about you. And if I live off of what you say about me, I'm not worried about what God said to me. And that's why so many walk out of favor. And, and so, listen, I think God's placed some dreams in some of y'all, and y'all have kept them quiet. That's wisdom. But quiet isn't the same as silent completely. Find people that you trust and begin to dream with them. Begin to let God work in your life. Don't be afraid of what God's putting in you. If it's bigger than you are, and if it seems ridiculous, but you know it's God leaning in, then be excited about it. Because you can't accomplish it on your own, but God's already done it. You just have to be faithful. And find favor. Someone say find favor. favor. So his brothers hear these dreams, and they're like, you're an idiot, and you're saying that we're going to worship you, and I wouldn't no more about down, or, or at least be led by you, and I wouldn't be led by you if God told me to. And turns out they were wrong. But in their hatred, in their jealousy, the people that they were closest to, his brothers, his brothers, went crazy. And this is what happened. Verse 23 says... Joseph came to his brothers after he had told him these dreams and after all this stuff happened and they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. It says the pit was empty and there was no water in it. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time on the pit, but I need y'all to know that a lot of y'all have experienced pitfalls, deep pits, holes, places in your life that felt like you'll never get out of. And it seems like the hardest ones are when it's our brothers, our friends, the people closest to us throw us in there. His brothers contemplated killing him, and Reuben talked him into selling him. Now, I want to show y'all favor right now, because it seems like slavery is impossible to find favor. But that's not the case. Because if he had been sold into slavery to just anyone, he would have been ridiculed, killed. He would have been out of God's will. He 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 would have passed away, having never walked into his purpose. But that isn't what happened he was sold to the right people. Most of the time when we think of favor, we think of the location that I'm currently in. We think of the size of our home. We think of the size of our car. We think of, we think of the, the, the current status of my job. We think of all of these things. And here is what is frustrating. God puts you in the place that you are currently in so that he can do what he needs to do in that place and in your future. And if I look and say, well, this isn't where I thought I would be, so I'm never going to get there. You don't know the direction that God's taking you. He leads me on paths of righteousness for his namesake. And that means if I'm not where I want to be, that doesn't mean that God doesn't have me where he wants me to be. And I know some of y'all have had self-inflicted wounds, but that doesn't mean that God is not there. And it doesn't mean that in the exact place that you're in today, he's not calling you to minister to those people, to that place even when it's a pit. And this is what I find is a problem, y'all, is finding favor has nothing to do with location. We got to stop looking at where we are and start looking to Jesus. My eyes have to be at Jesus at all times. And the moment that I take my eyes off of Jesus and I begin to evaluate my situation, listen, only, I'm not saying be blind, but when I look at my situation and say, God left me, I'll just say it this way. What if Joseph would have done that? Because if anybody ever had a right to do it, Joseph did. He didn't choose to be his dad's favorite. His dad chose that. He didn't choose to be the best looking. Genetics chose that. He didn't choose to have a coat of many colors. Now, he didn't have to necessarily flaunt it around, but I'm okay with it. Praise the Lord. I got shoes of many colors, so I should have worn those. But it had nothing to do with whether or not God was with him. And in Genesis 39, we skip ahead and says, listen to this in verse one. it says or in chapter 39, it says, "Now Joseph had been bought, or excuse me, brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the garden an Egyptian, had bought him watch this, from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there." They had bought him. Listen, 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 don't miss this. In the pit, favor happened. Because if someone else would have bought him, Potiphar couldn't have bought him. He couldn't have gone into that house that he was supposed to be in, and he would have missed the point altogether. He would have just been wandering through the wilderness. He would have been, he would have never found favor. And some of y'all think that you're just wandering and you don't realize that God is with you in that wilderness. God is with you in that place. And, and we can't see it because we're looking at the place and not looking at the person. I'm going to keep going. It says the Lord was with Joseph. That preaches good right there. Because I know a lot of y'all feel like God's not with you based on where you are in your life. But the Lord is with you even if it's not where you want to be. And he became a successful man and he was in the house of of his Egyptian master and his master saw the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. You know, I think one of the problems in life is when we get successful and we begin to believe, humanly speaking, and we begin to believe that the success that we've begun to have whether you're a teenager and you're really good at sports or really good at an activity in the arts or at school or as adults, we're good at our job, we're good at it, our kids are really good, so all of a sudden I'm the parent of the year and I need a blue ribbon. My kids don't go out of buck wild like their kids. I must have done something right. Whenever success is happening in my life, it becomes almost impossible for someone to tell me that I'm wrong. And whenever I can't be checked, It's like favor walks out of the door because all of a sudden I begin to believe things about myself that I never should have. I was reminded this week, just hanging out, reading the Bible, studying, not not for this message, a couple different times that we're not to look at ourselves more highly than we ought. Romans 12 says that is specific. I mean, it's literally word for word. Don't look at yourself. Don't consider yourself more highly than you should. It's really hard when success comes that you don't begin to go, Yup, you welcome, God. Look what I did for you. But I believe the minute that our hearts get hardened to the point that we believe the success had something to do with all of me, look what I did. We walk out of favor and walk into us. And that's where most of us find ourselves today is we believe that the successes that have happened during the course of our lives are due to whatever we've done. I'm not saying that hard work doesn't pay off and you should work as hard as you can, but never walk out of favor. And in the house of Potiphar, who he was enslaved to, he found favor. And look what happened. So Joseph, what's it did y'all say it out loud? Say it one more time. Found he found favor in the pit, and then he found favor in Potiphar's house. He found favor in Potiphar's sight and attended him, and he made him the overseer. See, he he was no longer a slave in his house. He oversaw everything he did. And you have to picture this guy as like a governor of an entire region because that's how powerful this man was. And he became his, like, chief of staff. He became the guy that made all the decisions. If Potiphar needed something, he came in and said, what should we do, Joseph? You're the overseer. You tell me. And he put him in charge of all that he had. And I don't know if y'all know the story, but to rush through it pretty quickly. Joseph was faithful to Potiphar. Potiphar's wife looked over at him one day and said, you fine. Y'all okay? Some of y'all are quiet. I like what I see. Why don't you come hang out with me? He'll never find out. And that's the tension of success is we begin to let our integrity and our character come down a little bit because we think, well, my success will overdo that. It never does. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what is taking place or what it will keep you from. The right thing is always the right thing. And a lot of times it feels like I should just maybe maybe take a little bit off of that and maybe not do the right thing. It's never the right thing to do the wrong thing. It's never the right time to do the wrong thing. And all Joseph, listen, all Joseph had to do is just look at this woman and say, well, if I get to stay in the house and be in charge of everything, I'm not being crude. I want you to just take this like it's meant to be and maybe get a little something on the side. What's the harm in that? Can I say something that's going to step on your toes? Don't we all do that? Don't we all find ourselves in situations where we say, what's the harm in that? The moment that I say, what's the harm in that is the moment that I walk out of favor. Because I believe that the extension of God's hand to my life is not necessary and that I can handle it here. And I believe that's what we almost say. We, I, I don't think most people would ever say, I can handle it. But that, that's where we get in our life. I can handle it, God. I can just slip up just a little bit here. If, 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 I, if I give over, what's so amazing is this is honor through and through. This shows honor to his, to his master who was Potiphar at the time in his life. And yet Potiphar did what any of us would do. He was angry because his wife lied and said, He tried to sleep with me because she pulled his cloak off and he had to run out of the house naked. This is a lesson that I've had to learn the hard way so many times in my life. I put this on one of the social media things recently. But Augustine, who lived in the third century, I love studying him. He said, the truth is like a lion. You got to do nothing with him. Just set him free and he'll take care of it. You don't have to tell the truth. You don't have to be your own defender. Just be honest and let the truth speak for itself. Joseph could have gone in there in all rights. Could have gotten a lawyer. Could have sued his wife for defamation of character and fraud because that's what what had happened. That was so egregious of an act. But Joseph decided to trust the Lord instead of fix it himself. And so it didn't work out good for him, y'all, because, because favor isn't always what we think should end up happening. Joseph's master took him and threw him in prison, and, and then he never thought about him again, I believe, until maybe he saw him hanging out with Pharaoh. But I bet he wasn't sitting there while he was in prison. I bet he brewed with anger because he only knew one side of the story. And for some of you, you're angry with where the situation in your life is, and they only know one side of the story. Be faithful and trust that God will provide. God will avenge whatever has happened. You don't have to. God will intervene on your behalf. And it says the master put him in the prison, in the place where the king's prisoners were, confined. This was not a fun prison. This was not workouts and in, in cable TV prison. This was a dungeon. It was a pit that was awful. And so imagine going from a pit to being sold into slavery to having unbelievable favor to then going into a prison that was probably worse than anything you've experienced up till this point. It's only right to say, God, what, what's up? Like We're going backwards here. Can I get y'all to say something with me today? How many of y'all have felt like your life has gone backwards? Come on. If you have, say yes. What do we say? One step forward and two steps back. And that's what it had to feel like for Joseph, right? God, I did this. I did what you said, and then I got favor here, and then you throw me freaking in prison. What's wrong with you, God? Joseph may have said that, but it certainly doesn't read that way in Genesis. And I I don't believe it's because Joseph was better than us. I believe it's because Joseph really believed God. In all circumstances, in all places in his life, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph. I don't know, I just feel the Lord telling me that I'm supposed to say, can I say that about you? Can I say that about me? That no matter where I am, that when people see me, they can identify the fact that Mark may not be the coolest cat. Mark may not be really smart, but the Lord was with Mark. And showed him steadfast love, and gave him what's this word? Amen. In the sight of the keeper of the prison. So the warden looked at Joseph and said, "I'm gonna put you over some stuff. I'm gonna make it right." And in this story, we find these these two guys, the baker and the butler. Sounds like a nursery rhyme. They have a, they have dreams and 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 the dreams get interpreted, please don't miss this part. And God uses that. God uses that in the interpretation, but then there's still a delay for favor from an earthly perspective to come to Joseph. And a lot of times when God uses us, we think that that immediately means that the increase should come. And that is not the case. God ordains my steps. And if it's God's purpose for me to be down there, then I have to trust that God will put me where he needs me to be to accomplish his mission in Christ Jesus. And the moment that I say, well, God, I interpreted a dream, and you looked at me, and then they forgot me. It wasn't until they remembered him in the palace and said, oh yeah, there's this dude, Pharaoh. You had these dreams. There's this dude that interpreted my dreams. Years later, you can go find him. And he kept faithful. Imagine that. Some of y'all have been in the prison that you're in for years. And it feels like you just want to throw your hands up, but you got to remain steadfast because God's got a plan. And because he was faithful, God intervened And y'all, the story of Joseph is so fascinating because, and this is where I know God is working. If you get to a place where you couldn't get to, humanly speaking, there's no possible way. Because we love to celebrate working up the corporate ladder, and y'all, I celebrate that with you. I'm not saying a raise isn't a good thing. I'm saying amen for $10,000 more. Come on, somebody. But that's not necessarily the hand of God. The hand of God is when I go into a pit, but I still find favor. I go into a house named Potiphar's and I find favor. I go into a prison and I find favor. I'm about to preach up in this. Mm. Because God had to get him to Pharaoh's. But if he hadn't gone here, here, and here, he couldn't have gotten there. He couldn't just walk up and say, hey, man, I'm real smart and I'm the best looking Jew there is. I'm not being funny or, or, or mean because he was real good. But how many of y'all know that I couldn't walk up in a Muslim country right now and walk up to them and say, Hey, I can preach pretty good. Y'all need to listen to what I got to say. But if God wants me there, he'll put me in a pit. He'll put me in a prison to get me where I need to go. He'll put me in front of a king if that's what I'm supposed to do. And I don't have to make it happen. God's already made the way. And we, and I believe this is the biggest tension is the whole time, the whole time. And I, and I can just identify with this, y'all. I don't know if you can, but I can identify with this. God, I know what you said, that the stalks are bowing down and that, 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 that I'm supposed to lead in this certain way. And this is supposed to happen in my life. But, but how does it happen there? How does it happen there? How does it happen there? And the whole time, God's just painting this picture that's unbelievable. It's a beautiful masterpiece that, listen to me. It's so much bigger than Joseph, and it's so much bigger than the famine, and it's so much bigger than having grain, and it's so much bigger than any of that. It started with his granddaddy, great granddaddy named Abraham, who became the father of the nations, and it's woven throughout to the promised land. Joseph played this much of a part, but it was a pretty stinking big part. Y'all, can y'all agree with me? I just need y'all to know today that when it seems like everything's working against you, God's working for you. And I think the thing that is so hard about finding favor is that we think that it should look like we think that it should look like. You know what I mean? Like I think this is how it should be, God, so it should look a certain way. And when it doesn't, I don't really care about favor anymore. I care about right. How could the loss of possibly be God's plan? Can I tell you all with absolute certainty that I have no idea, but I do know it is, that God's never left you, and God's always had a plan. But most people walk out of God's goodness, his extension to us, because it doesn't make sense. If Joseph had done that one time, I need somebody to hear what I'm saying today. God's people never get to enter their promised land. We're talking generations later, y'all. Pharaoh died. Next Pharaoh comes. They never do that. It's impossible to change what God has called us to change without God's favor working for us, y'all. If anybody thinks when I say... We're going to change the culture, we're going to change the world. That's not ridiculous. How in the world can Mark Pangle from the west side of Spartanburg west side? How in the world? Why in the world? What in the world? Sometimes when I say that, I look and go, yeah, but God, there's only this number of people even coming to a little church right now. How in the world is it that? But it doesn't look like what I think it looks like. There's going to be some things along the way that aren't the way that we think they are. But I'm telling you, if we're faithful, that's what God's called us to. And and most of the time when it doesn't look like what we think it should look like because it's not as fast, it's not as cool, it's not as awesome, we walk away. I don't want to do this without God's favor. And if that means we go backwards, let's go. As long as God's there, I'm going with him. Most of the time, we walk out of God's favor because we walk into our own. So I want to close with this, and y'all, I'm going to try not to throw my microphone because I'm about to preach so much. These last 5 to 10 minutes are going to be 5,000 RPM plus. The engine's going to turn red. But this is the part I don't want to get... I just became overwhelmed sitting in my office on Wednesday I know the story of Joseph pretty well and I feel like I could probably preach it without even notes studying all that stuff because I've done a lot with him. Never, ever, 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 ever considered this part. The favor part ties in week to week when you're doing a series, but never this guy. There's this man named Stephen in Acts chapter seven. He loved God. We don't see a ton about him. But he was a man that was walking in favor. You know, I'm going to tell you the end of the story of Stephen before I show you the part of Joseph that Stephen talked about Joseph in Acts chapter 7 when he was standing before people that were about to kill him who were the leaders of the Pharisees. By the way, with the Apostle Paul standing to the side giving the final nod, go ahead and let him go. He wasn't the Apostle Paul yet. you know when people walk out of your lives when people you thought were your friends when there's when there's things happening that doesn't make sense, it makes us want to throw our hands up and say, I'm walking away. I'm telling you, if Stephen hadn't gotten stoned to death, I say this as strong as I've ever believed anything. Had Stephen not gotten stoned to death in Acts 7, Mark Pangle would not be saved today because Paul Paul took the gospel as far as France. There's been no one in the history of Christianity like that guy. There wasn't 747s to take him around. That joker got shipwrecked and he walked in this favor that was unbelievable and everybody wanted to get close to Paul. The Bible says that when Paul would touch napkins, people would take him and God would heal people with him. Paul wasn't the favorite. If anything, we could argue that Paul... It looks like he had unfavor. Paul was rich, tribe of Benjamin, he was that dude. And yet God was so on him, extending himself to him by by choosing him as a vessel, not choosing him as a favorite. In Acts 9, two chapters later, just a few weeks after he said, go ahead and kill Stephen, that he walked away from what he was and he walked into this belief that he would walk in front of kings In Acts 25 and 26 that he would walk in front of all the religious leaders and he would say I know what I used to do But I'm not what I was. I'm this now because I'm in God's favor, but listen If Stephen just would have said I hate y'all All of this changes Because when Paul is addressing the people he said I was responsible for killing Stephen But I believe I saw something different The Bible says at the end of Acts 7 that the heavens opened up and he saw God and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe he didn't even feel pain. But he was killed. And stoning is an awful death. This doesn't even make sense. This is going going to destroy a lot of people's theology, their belief in God. But that was the day that Stephen walked. That was the day that Stephen walked into favor because his favor hit me. And this is the problem, and this is why I'm so emotional about it. So often, I compartmentalize favor to mean that it's for me. It's never been for me. It is for my good. It ain't always fun. If we would stop looking at our life moment to moment and look at it generation to generation, we say stuff like... I want the environment to be good. I'm not making light of that, but is it really that important comparatively speaking? I want the environment to be good. I want the economy to be good for my children. I want God's favor on my life so that my children's children can walk in the blessing of God. I want want people that I never meet. Generations later, kings come and kings go. Presidents come and presidents go. But one remains the same, our God is faithful. Our God is faithful take this in as I'm closing. This is, this is, this is so powerful. Y'all, I want y'all to read Acts 7. He starts with Abraham and he says, the patriarch, the people that, that led us out, God's people, his hand on us is yours and mine. He's talking to Jewish people and he's a Jewish Christian. He said, I'm the same as you. And Abraham was led here and then, and then Isaac and then Jacob and then Joseph and the patriarch, jealous of Joseph. They sold him into Egypt, but God was with him. And rescued him out of his afflictions and gave him favor. Somebody say favor. And it doesn't look like it, but it was always that because God's people got to their promised land because Joseph got to the prison, because Joseph got to Potiphar's, because Joseph got to the pit. They never get to the promised land if it wasn't for the prison, if it wasn't for the pit. They never, listen, I'm talking about millions of people never get where God wants them to get. What if that's you? What if you've looked at your life and you said, I don't want to go? It's bigger than me, because it's God. And when I try to fight my way out, he would have missed all of this, and, and Stephen standing before people, he's about to die, and he said, "Listen, I don't care if you kill me, because I know that this is a Joseph moment. and rescued him out of afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh the king, who made him ruler over Egypt and over his household. My goodness. And there became, there came a famine throughout all of Egypt and Canaan. This is Acts 7, not Genesis. A great affliction and the fathers could not, could find no food, but when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent out our father on their first mission and on the second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers who he had told he was gonna bow down before him. And they lied and they laughed and they threw him in a pit and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh and. Joseph sent and summoned Jacob, his father, and all his kindred, 75 persons in all, and eventually, all of Israel came. Now, it wasn't always fun. I need to close with this, and I'm gonna tread lightly on some thin ice, but I need you to hear my heart when I'm saying this. Some of us look back on our family's histories and we're disgusted by them of what our family did or what our family went through. So many times in the Bible you can see that God's people were so frustrated that they were sold into slavery, that they all became slaves, that when Pharaoh died and the next Pharaoh and the next Pharaoh after that started as the king of Egypt, they were horrible to God's people. But God let the slavery happen so that he could send the Moses in to take them out and say, you can't have them anymore. They're no longer slaves. They're children of God. And then he took a Jacob and he said, they're no longer wanderers. They're walking into their Canaan, into their promised land. And I'm here to tell you today that your family's history, that your past and that your sin problem, God is very aware of all of those things and the things that disgust you about yourself, but he set it all up so that he could send Jesus on your behalf and he could make a way so that you could walk in faith. Favor is not for me. Favor is for us. God extending himself to man so that he can make his name known. It doesn't matter how good you preach. It doesn't matter how good you sing. It doesn't matter how nice you are. It doesn't matter how cool you are. If you go without God, you shouldn't go at all. Because it doesn't matter what we accomplish. It doesn't matter what we do. What matters is, am I willing? Listen, don't miss this. Am I willing to take my little part up in this big picture of the kingdom? Am I willing to do what God's called me to do? Am I willing to be what God's called me to be? Because if I'm not... I should just pack it in now, go home and enjoy my life. But I'm not satisfied with that. It's not about me. It's not about me. There's so much we can learn from Joseph, but I want to skip to the very last slide and show y'all this. I believe this is what we lack. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 said, let us then with confidence, I love The the version that I learned it in says let us go boldly and Draw near to the throne of grace where we receive mercy same word as favor in this verse and find favor Find grace to help in the in our time of need Here's what I believe the problem is y'all we think that when we go to God We automatically receive favor But what this tells me about Joseph, what this tells me about Stephen, and what this tells me about anyone that's walked with God is that they knew that God found me first and loved me first. But after that, it's my honor and opportunity to go to God. And I automatically receive mercy, which is God not punishing me like I deserve, but every day I find my own favor from the Lord. And when I stop looking because I'm busy, when I stop talking to him because things happen in my life, when, when I become successful in my life and I don't think I need him in any of these times, I walk out of his favor and I walk into my own. But I'm not satisfied with that anymore. I'm boldly going before the throne where I receive and find. And I came to tell you today that you no longer have to wander around, that favor is for you and so that God's name can be known to the world. But you gotta find it, because you're gonna get what you're looking for. Ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll... Seek and you'll knock and the door will be open to you. I'm ready to find favor, and I want to invite you to find it with me. Will you bow your heads? With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I believe God's spirit is moving in this place. And I wanna give you an opportunity to step out of your slavery, to step out of your jail, to step out of your misery and walk into God's love. He demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, he died for us extending himself with unbelievable love. Some of you walked in here today and you're miserable and you're lost. And the only thing that will change that is Jesus rescuing you and saving your soul And all you have to do to be saved is simply acknowledge that he is Lord, that you need him, and that you trust him. And no longer are you your own, your gods, through Jesus. I choose him. I need to know, is there anybody in this room that would say, that's me, Pastor, I feel like you're talking to me. I just want you to throw your hand up and say, I feel like you're talking straight to me. Thank you. Will you keep your hand up? Keep it up. 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 Who else? There's two people. Who else? Thank you so much for your honesty, your boldness. We want to help you take those first steps. We want to help you walk with Jesus. And so if you'll take those cards and walk them back to the prayer wall at the end, we'll have people begin to walk with you. We have a gift for you and to pray with you. This is for everybody in the room. I need to know how many of y'all are saved, but you're ready to find favor. Not for your sake, but to play your part in God's amazing orchestra that he has so that the world can know him. I just want you to throw your hand up. I'm not gonna ask you to move. I just want you to throw your hand up and say, that's me. God, you see the hands, but you know the hearts. God, I'm so thankful. Lord, you're so good. Your love endures forever. God, I just wanna, in front of my people, to just offer you true repentance. So often I get caught up in today. But Lord, if my calling is Stephen, then I'll walk faithful. If my calling is Paul, I'll walk faithful. If my calling is Joseph, I'll walk faithful. And if my calling is people that are not mentioned, if it's the worst, Or the best, humanly speaking, I don't care. But God, I choose your favor. I choose your increase. I don't want my own. I was bought with a price. And today, God, I pray a blessing over every person in this room. Lord, you said what you would do. It's not by us, but it's by your will, by your power, and by your spirit. We trust you, Lord. And today, we declare that we're God's church. We're God's people. And we will change the world. We believe it, and we trust you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Y'all stand and sing with us.